Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website, www.exchangechurch.org.au. Um, praise the Lord. He's given me strength to stand here this morning. So uh, I'll probably just do a bit of an intro about myself just quickly. So because it's kind of linked with the sermon. Now, it turns out there's all these different ways of uh, doing this when you get up here. And so I want to share what the Lord's put on my heart over the last seven years. It's um, It's been a bit of an epic journey to be here with you guys, to be honest. And um, as well as from a scripture, which I'll try and uh, do uh, sort of line by line and, and bit by bit, which um, is something that I've really loved about being here over the last 12 months is that uh, we, we go through a slab of scripture and it's just good to read it together and it's encouraging and the Lord can just do say what He needs to say by that alone. In fact, if I just got up here and just read some scripture, we could all probably go home and, and that might even be better than what I'm going to do actually, but... Um, uh, yeah, so it'll be a bit of bit of testimony and a bit of scripture. So forgive me if I uh, I am a teacher. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Nathan Carroll. I um, have been in Shep for about eight years. Uh, I'm a teacher. Um, I never wanted to be a teacher, but that's generally the way the Lord works, as He gets you to do things that you you never thought you'd do, and. Yeah, it turns out I've, I've grown to love it and high school and working with young people who um, generally, not all the time, but are generally uh, just normal worldly kids in high school just going about their day. Uh, I've worked at Catholic high schools pretty much for my entire teaching career and um, it's an amazing mix, a school community, the teaching and the students and stuff and I've somehow, the Lord got me into a a place where uh, I could just be myself and that was uh, exactly what was needed for that community, you know, and I've just loved my work life and being a teacher, it's one of those professions where it's just uh, so needed and if you like it, then it's so good and um, so that's what I've been doing basically, how many years have I been teaching? Yeah, like 17 years or something, so getting claiming veteran status on that. Uh, I'll tell you a bit about my family. Uh, there are five boys in my family, you've probably seen them around, uh, really tall to really small, 11 to 6. Um, and my wife Lauren is there and we came to Shepparton, yep, about eight years ago, uh, really looking for the church, looking for and I wouldn't have phrased it that way when we moved, I would have said, oh we're going to be with people who love the Lord at the same sort of stage of life as us and, um, you know, my father had just passed away in Wagga and uh, kids were sort of at the stage, it was like, well, if we're going to move somewhere, now might be the time and, and yeah, what, what we thought we were getting when we came here or what we were look, thought we were going to find wasn't at all, once again, as we would have thought. You probably could relate with this a bit, you sort of... Um, you think, think life's going to be one way, don't we? And then it, it's not. And that's the Lord's mercy to us. Absolutely been the Lord's mercy to us. And I thank Him so much for leading us, just as we've looked to Him. Um, so I've talked about my family, I've talked about yeah, moving to Shepherd and my work. Uh, 
And then coming to exchange. So yeah, we've been here just about 12 months to the day, pretty much. Um, and the best way I could describe that is it feels like coming home to a family with who's got open arms, who... Um, I'll keep it together. Who uh, have accepted us and loved us um, right when we needed it, right when we needed it. And, um, and that's been so wonderful. So for everyone who has made the effort to, um, to welcome us and just be, just be yourself and be nice, that's been, it's made the world of difference to us. And, and that's, what that's done with me is it, it, it lets me sort of able to stand up here or minister music or do whatever I'm doing and just try and be that for other people too because I've experienced that myself. And um, yeah, it's beautiful. And of course, that is what the world wants, isn't it? We want to belong. We want to know that we're with people who love us, who care about us, who have got our best intention in heart. And so we're going to talk about Acts 20, which is all about inheritance. And inheritance is this idea of, you know, uh, the people who have gone before us are handing down something of value to us that they um, that has been theirs. And it's uh, almost like a family type thing, isn't it? And so the Lord's got this inheritance for us and we, you know, He's, he's adop- adopted us and chosen us and He wants to give us this stuff and, and it's great. So, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. I going to see, I've got to keep looking at my notes, otherwise I'll just ramble. Okay, so, um, I had a too comfortable view of church, that was, oh yes, I've got it sorted. Now church, if I was to bring that up with many people, they'd be like, oh, he's going to talk about church, that's a pretty boring topic, um, but it's not. It is, as it turns out, probably the great mystery of how God is interacting with His people over the last 2,000 years. Um, it is this amazing mystery. I wouldn't have done it that way, you know, like he's got his own um, way of doing it and it's just amazing. So, I needed that shaken up in me and that's what the Lord did. And, uh, you know, I'll just throw it out there that maybe some people here uh, could be the same, you know, like we need shaking up. That's part of the job of the church is to shake each other up a bit sometimes. Um, even preparing this sermon when I showed it to some people, they were like, yeah, and it shook me up a bit, you know, and that was good and I needed it and I would have probably headed down some other tangent without it. So we shake each other up and we encourage each other towards Jesus. You know, as long as when we're doing whatever it is we're doing, it's pointing people towards Jesus and we've got it written on banners here, you know, and it's just so good but that's the focus. You can't go wrong if that's what you're doing when you're talking to someone. Um, so, one person who seemed to have a decent handle on the church was this guy called Paul. And uh, he was not always uh, who he was. And he had a big change in the uh, early in his, well, midway through his life, maybe. Um, and he's the biggest church planter probably in Scripture we don't count Jesus, I guess. Uh, So hopefully today we can catch a glimpse of what Paul saw, which is this glorious inheritance for us. And the key bit there, which I'll add in the the Scripture, chapter uh, verse 32, is the inheritance is with his saints. Interesting that he added that bit in there. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, so the Lord is amazing. He's amazingly able to call us this very morning into peace whilst challenging us and stretching us. So it would be a failure, I think, if we were to come to church this morning and leave not having been challenged a little bit or not going home with something, some questions, because I think the Lord does want to talk to us every day. Um, And it's easy not to listen and it's easy not to accept that challenge every day. Um, Often I will try and run and hide from that, but he's patient and he's forgiving and he always finds us, there's nowhere we can run to, is there? But... um, So I will, yeah, I'll try and uh, challenge whilst bringing encouragement. When we're talking about matters of inheritance, there's always a little bit of risk. Now, that doesn't sound quite right, but let me explain. If anyone who's ever inherited anything in this life, you would hopefully have been thankful for it and, um, you know, in going through, I've got, like, where I get dressed, I've got this little... um, like an ornate piece of china that my nan, my nan on my mum's side um, picked up sometime in her life. She loved collecting those little things and it's really all the only possession of hers that I've got in the house but every time I look at it I, I'm reminded of her and, and something, who she was to me and, and so that was an inheritance for me and that's a good inheritance and most inheritance, inheritance should be good and yet... Um, we do often butcher it, don't we? And families have, um, you know, struggled, you know, to do this and distribute. My family in particular is guilty of this with uh, members of family not talking to other people in the family because there's a dispute over this inheritance. And the type of inheritance God wants us to, has got for us, is indisputable. It's, uh, it's, written up in, you know, that song, Sam, thank you for singing that. Um, it's a new name written down in glory and it's mine um, and he's the author and the inheritance is actually waiting there and we'll look at the Great Commission too in a minute, I'll get back to my notes here, but there's an inheritance that's waiting for us. Is there a risk of us missing out or not getting our inheritance? Well, I would have to say there is a risk, yeah. Um, What's, what is that risk that we would not receive our inheritance? Well, I guess if we're not accepting what it is that is offered to us, then God won't force it upon us, will He? He doesn't, um, you know, once we do accept it, then He is diligent to finish the work and He's, he's going to be there, but it does require just this, a response, which is, you know, we could certainly say the Lord even puts in our heart in the beginning, but... Um, but there is a risk and, and I know that there's a risk because every day when living in the world, I see people who are running that risk. They're running the risk of not knowing their Father in Heaven, not knowing the good news. Okay, so what's the good news really quickly? Um, and it is good news. Jesus has come. God revealed Himself to us Um, He showed who God is, Uh, He gave His life in exchange for ours, He rose up, when He ascended into heaven, He went to prepare a place for us, to prepare our inheritance. Now that is good news and of course you can see why people get excited about that because it changes everything, changes the whole reason we're here. 
and thank the Lord for that. But there is this other side, which I, you know, and I don't want to sound too grim and dwell on that, but uh, Paul, in this scripture we're about to read, is actually saying the same thing. He's saying there's actually going to be some wolves, some people who are going to draw you away from that which is laid up for you in heaven and you need to just remember what's going on here. And he's actually talking to the elders in the church about this, but he's saying, go back and tell everyone, don't be drawn away, go back to Jesus. The gospel is this and he goes around, he gets in boats and he's off and about and it was his life's passion, wasn't it? Okay. Um, okay, so background on this scripture, just quickly before we read it, the book of Acts is written by uh, Luke as an extension to his gospel account. It documents the events of the early church very thoroughly uh, and is a great snapshot of how the church expands and for those who knew Jesus, um, it's like a great model for us and um, how they overcame in their very difficult circumstances. The big idea for the morning is um, this, you have an inheritance among all those who are sanctified and that comes out of verse 32. Um, okay, what I'd like to suggest to you today is that the early, this early church account um, in Acts 20 um, is a great place to take inspiration from. We have different circumstances today with a different set of challenges to what Paul was talking about, but there is still something there for us. These guys are our forefathers, our foremothers, forebears, and uh, this has been preserved for us to go through today. Let's go through it. Um, okay. Acts chapter 20 from verse 17. Uh, so from Miletus... He sent, to, uh, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And When they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I was always lived among you, serving the Lord with humility and with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that the chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed now, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which He has purchased with His own blood. For I know this, for I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, 
men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I have not ceased to warn everyone night and day and with tears. So now, brethren, I I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by labouring like this that you must support the weak. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all and then they wept freely. They fell on Paul's neck and they kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke. For that they knew that they would see his face no more and they accompanied him to the ship. Great, wow. So that is uh, about 20 to 23 years after Paul's conversion. Before, uh, he had, after he was converted on that road to Damascus, he uh, was about seven to ten years just learning from the apostles, the disciples there. And what has transpired in that 20 years, eh? What an amazing 20 years that was. He went all around. If you ever open up your Bible and you've got one of those cool maps in it with where Paul's gone and it's red squiggly lines all over the shop going across um, the sea and then back along the road and then back across the... Yep, so his missionary journeys have been, you know, we all, they're, they're appearing in our Bibles 2,000 years later. Um, and there's some amazing things happening here with the church too in this, this time. It was, certainly wasn't short of action. I think, think today, um, just as a quick aside, you know, my kids and most kids think, they don't associate church with action, do they? You know, like it's a different mindset to be part of the church today. I really, you know, would be lovely to see that restored where church is, is this, uh, you know, there's stuff happening and they know there is and I actually had my kids just asking me before James if they can come to the men's breakfast. You know, they want, you know, that, that's nice, isn't it? They, they want, want to be part of things, that's good. Okay, um, so beginning of this scripture. Uh, the elders at Ephesus have come to meet him at Miletus Uh, which is interesting that he just didn't go there, but there were some reasons for that. He highlights that whilst there are many locations and cultures at work in these areas, uh, he is preaching the gospel, the one gospel, to all these cultures, the Jews and the Greeks, the Gentiles there. And uh, I thought it'd be worth just mentioning this at, um, at this point, because... We don't really call anyone a Gentile anymore. If I was to do that, it probably would be an insult of some sort. Or a Jew, likewise. If I was to call someone a Jew, that would not go down too well um, in society today. Now, we, having said that, we have category, categories of Christians these days. And we'd call them denominations or we'd call them, you know, subcategories of Christians. And, you know, I wonder if Paul was getting around today... Uh, you know, what a commentary would be like about that. You know, he's going around, he's got people speaking different languages, there's all these cultures within the one, you know, area in Asia Minor there. Um, but he's, his whole, his whole labour is about uh, 
preaching this truth to them which transcends this culture. And I just would like us to maybe just think about ourselves here for a second. So, you know, in verse 20, 21, he's saying, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, I proclaimed it to you, I taught you publicly and from and house to house, testifying to the Jews, also to the Greeks. And what was he doing? Repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what he's going around uh, telling everyone. Now, um, this was his labour and he really longed for a unity in the church. Most of his letters, um, you know, have got this thing about, you know, this has come in, we need to get rid of that, you know, and I was just with you and now this has happened, didn't we talk about this and we've got to remember what's important. Um, this, the gospel, repentance, you know, as he's just saying here. Um, and isn't that a solid thing to be able to testify about? You know, if you had to if you had one sentence to proclaim to the world, what would it be? And, you know, he's saying here, he's, this is his last sentence to these guys, you know, I do this, you know, repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. How beautiful. Um, and how much does our world need that today? Our world is actually doing that in a different way. They're trying to do that without Jesus. Um, isn't that interesting? Because they know there's something about unity. We should be one, you know. And peace is good, you know, these sort of, sorts of qualities that you'd find it hard to argue against. And yet, they wouldn't agree on the source, many people. They would say, oh, you know, you don't need Jesus for that. And yet, look at the state of the world, you know, this is, oh, I think we do. And the source of all goodness and morality and beauty comes from Jesus and from God. Um, so, uh, I'd just like us to think about our own hearts here and I'll run down, it can go two ways in our hearts, I think, this idea of um, getting distracted and drawn away to something that maybe we shouldn't. The first way um, is thinking maybe that our Christianity, what I've been given, is maybe a little bit more superior to what someone else has been given. I mean, we could, that could be the case, you know, with some of us, you know, just in this room, but I'm thinking more, more broadly across the worldwide church. And if I think of, you know, the, the snapshot of the worldwide church at the moment, I think that's, that's lurking in the hearts of many believers. And then vice versa, the opposite is true, that perhaps, oh, you know, we've, we haven't been given everything we need, we've just got a little bit of something and we'll try and do what we need with that. So, has your mind ever run down this track? God's been good to me, He's placed me here with everything that I need, with these lovely people, given me grace for all things and um, life is pretty good. Unlike those poor, insert other Christian denomination brand here, who they just miss the point and they don't, you know, have the life of the Lord as good as what we've got it here or what I've got it. Thank you, Father, for placing me right here as opposed to maybe somewhere else. So, there's a lot in that statement which sounds pretty good, I think. Lots of good Christian lingo um, that's, you know, mostly okay, I think, but it just leads us to this position where, um, you know, if Paul was there, he'd be like, no, 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 no. Back here, um, you know, Paul did this in a real humble way, you know, he's exhorting the elders 
in this way, it feels like a real humble way, um, something's gone amiss. And I know this because this has been absolutely my own attitude. Um, it's an attitude that elevates your own position and puts down another position. You don't do it consciously most of the time, but deep down there's something there that's like that. Um, and it's hard when you're in that position to keep your eyes on Jesus because you tend to be looking a bit sideways and a bit maybe at yourself too much. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, you can have a think about whether or not, you know, that anything like that's ever been in your heart, like with mine, uh, and, you know, because we do need to keep our eye on Jesus um, and be secure in His love, wherever that leads us. Look at Paul here, he's literally saying, I know what's going to happen when I do this and it's leading me down a track that I'd probably not go, I want to go, but he's, he's bound in the spirits, the language he's using. Some of those first century Jews or Greeks and Romans actually thought that they were better than he was and treated him accordingly um, and everyone else. And so he brings this message of repentance and truth and it cuts across that, um, that attitude and it unifies. Um, and then we're faced with that decision, aren't we, of do I accept that and my own, where I am in relation to these people and my goodness, that's freeing when, when you're able to do that. Okay, the other, other side of that coin is, you know, maybe you've thought this. Um, maybe you've thought that you don't quite have the access to God that you would like that you're not quite in the right place, maybe you'd like to be closer to God than what you are and you're not sort of able to just, it's, you, you want to be just a bit better, more able to hear God's word, voice, more able to pray than perhaps you are. And you look around at others and you maybe get a bit jealous sometimes of all these super spiritual people who are floating around that just look like they've got it all together and you know, always just praying for one another and doing really holy things and you're like, ah, oh, you know, maybe I am missing out a bit there. Well, I would say that's probably the, some symptoms of the same condition as the first one. Um, so that both of those people in that situation are looking a bit this way and maybe just not measuring themselves to the true measure. What has God given to you? Be faithful to that, you know. Um, he, he's given us, I don't know how many people are here this morning, but as many people as there are here this morning is as many different things He's given to us and they're all needed and they're all beautiful and they all pertain to our inheritance. And you know, at the beginning where I said, you know, when we start looking, you know, then when there's conflict about our inheritance, it causes issue, doesn't it? And it breaks things apart. You know, I think this is the same thing here where we don't need to do that. We build each other up. And there are some people here who are just so good at that, at building people up. And it's, you know, it just, it does make me emotional when I, when I think about that because those people are so comfortable in just being who they are and just offering what they've got. 
and that's, that's a joy. So let's, yeah, get comfortable with who we are. Um, right, Steve, when I got up here, I didn't look at the time. Can you give me like a time of when I need to be quiet? Was it like 20 past or quarter past? 10 past, yikes, then we'll just, we'll put this page over here then. Okay, okay, okay. Um, he is, yes, 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 okay. Um, he's equipping us every day. It's good to meet him every day and be equipped for the day. And there's this amazing uh, scripture which you have probably heard, it's called the Great Commission, it's the end of Matthew. Um, and this is how we know that we're actually, every day we can be equipped. That's Matthew 28, verse 16. Uh, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, so Jesus um, died, risen, and is with them at this point in time. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, and when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore you go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And then he goes and who does he send and how does the church grow? Um, and that's literally where we are today. We've we're um, looking forward, we've just done this amazing um, series on, on Revelation and, the, you know, looking towards this, in this church age and, and this is the vehicle, uh, the Holy Spirit and church life is the vehicle of, um, that He's chosen to grow His church here. So maybe the next challenge for the morning can be, um, you know, do we have... How are we going with our missional focus? Like I know um, for myself, I used to come to church and I would enjoy hearing the Word but, um, but I would never use a word like that. I would never use a word like missional um, until, you know, the last 12 months and that idea of um, every day the Lord's given us something to do um, and you know I'm not going to start going down the workspace here but honestly when, when you, He does equip you with something it would be um, beneficial to use it and to uh, and not for yourself, for other people, that's why um, you know so we've got, we've got uh, ministries in this church which you know at the beginning of the year there was this great call that went out, I just love the way that that call went out and it wasn't it was the exact opposite of exclusive. It was, if you've got something in this area, then great, how good, get around it, let's do something. And that, of course, is such an encouragement to other people, isn't it? It's not necessarily for your, it's, it is for your own benefit because it's the life of the Lord that comes to you in fellowship, but you don't get it unless you're um, with, in that context, okay. Um, So, yes, let's go back to our verse for the day, 32. Um, so, now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. We'll just look quickly at, what does it mean, the Word of His grace? In order that they, you know, 
he's, he's asking them here at this point, um, you know, he said all of this stuff, I'm going to go and do this and there are wolves that are going to come but I'm going to commend you to what? The word of his grace, um, which is oh, to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. And, you know, what are these wolves selling? They're selling something else that's not your real inheritance. It's like a fake. They're selling you the Rolexes that are not the real ones, you know. They're, they look okay and they might be okay for the first couple of days until they're not. They don't sustain. There's only this one inheritance, you know. Um, and Paul is saying, you're going to get that by going back to the word of His grace. The word of His grace. And that's why at the beginning I said we literally could just read the Scripture and that would be enough, because it would be. It would be enough, because He's His word. And of course, Jesus calls Himself the word too, doesn't He? Um, you know, so I love that. You could replace Jesus with the word, you know, every time and it's just great. But the word of his grace, he's left us this um, uh, alive, a spirit-infused way of knowing him, which is glorious. So, thank you, Lord, for that. Um, let's go to... Uh, so, we've just talked... These guys uh, are the Ephesian elders that Acts 20 is addressed to. So, they've come from Ephesus, they've come to Miletus, and Paul's addressing them. They then go back to Ephesus... And they're going to minister, hopefully, what Paul has just spoken to them about. Um, and then, of course, we've got this letter to the Ephesians. And then we also get the Ephesians pop up again in Revelation too, which is a really interesting letter. And if you wanted some... Uh, I was, no, no, my teacher coming, I was going to say, want some, want some homework. But yeah, if you want something to read during the week, just look at that letter to the Ephesians, which we actually did a few weeks ago, um, and see how this relates, because it's a very interesting relationship. Um, but this in Ephesians, uh, chapter 1, verse 18, actually this, this is mint, I'm going to, this, when, when I found this, uh, I thought, okay, you know, I'm reading to the Ephesian elders, I'll go read Ephesians, so reading Ephesians, I just thought, wow, this needs to be read. The eye, so he's talking to them in, as an introduction, may the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of His glory, oh, sorry, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? Literally the same thing He's just talked to the elders about there. Um, the inheritance, and who's it with? It's with the saints, same as what, what He said before. He really wants them to know this thing about inheritance, their inheritance. And on both occasions, it's with the people who are being sanctified, who are the saints. And that's, actually, when I looked at the word, I was half expecting the word to be ecclesia there. It wasn't, it was another word, but it's the church. We are talking about the church there. Our inheritance appears to be with each other and it appears to be with each other now and later on as well. Okie dokie. Um, yes. I think this page might not get much of a run. So let's go down to... I'll finish with this. Oh, okay. Good tip, Sam. Thank you. Yes, five minutes. Okay. Five minutes is a long time when you're up here. Um, 
Okay, yep, so that word, when he's talking about grace there, the word of his grace, that's an interesting word because when I think of grace, you know, there's a few connotations that come along with it. If I certainly was in the world, the word grace would mean something to me. As a Christian, we sort of um, go down maybe a slightly different path with it and we can start using terms like uh, the unmerited um, gift of God towards us and we, you've probably heard different versions of that and absolutely. But the Greek words is charitos. Did anyone know that? You would have known that, no? Charitos? Charitos. So, doesn't that put a different spin on it? So, the unmerited uh, gift, yes, true, but there's this element of that word there which is... um, you know, obviously we get our word charity from it. Uh, it's a, it is, it's this, um, a gift to someone who is in need, who is, who would like, yeah, so I think that's a lovely addition there. So, he's talking about the word of His grace, the word of His charity, charitos. So, that word to us, you know, is His, this is His provision almost, like it's the thing that we need to, yeah, get us where we need to go. Um, Okay, let's go here. It might be worthwhile to imagine life, flip it upside down without this. So, if Paul, you know, and the Scriptures didn't talk to us in this way, what would a life without this inheritance look like? A life without each other, where God reveals Himself. Okay, so, uh, the opposite is, I guess, being alone, left to our own devices, to do our best. Uh, we would measure ourselves by society's norms and by what, I guess, media and um, the government might just say as the thing and then that's as good as we can do. More specifically, um, I think we would view uh, the world as a place which is to be aspired to and it would become our context. And yet, so this is the state of things when Paul's going around preaching to these people, um, and it's also, you know, it's the state of the world at the moment. Um, But he has left us, thank the Lord, praise to Jesus that that is not where he left us. He actually has come, revealed himself um, in his mercy, in his charity, Um, He's given us this uh, living, breathing text, He's revealed Himself to us and given us access through prayer, through fellowship, through um, His body here and we don't have to live that other way, praise the Lord. Um, And then that's, I suppose when we see things that way, it enables us to go into that other context, that other space and have something really clear to share, I guess, there. Um, Okay, one of the great mysteries, as I said, that I've found over the last seven years is the church and how God has decided to join me with you and all of us and the church globally and the church in Shepparton and He warns the Ephesians not to get carried away by other things and what a great direction that can be for us, you know, when we see our brothers and sisters, um, we can 
in, we can be that encouragement to them to point them back to Jesus. Okay, I'll finish up. Uh, I'll finish with this. I found this um, hymn, which is I'll read as a poem um, a couple of weeks ago uh, by a guy called William Cooper, and not the same William Cooper that was from this area, but in 1774, he was a contemporary of John Newton, and he was a man who struggled with many things in his life. He mainly uh, this deep, dark depression that would overtake him, but he always praised the Lord even in d- dark times, and even though it sometimes felt a long way off and unattainable. Um, he came to realise in his life the need for um, each other, for people. He actually died in, in um, John Newton's house as um, he ministered to him um, in his last days and really knew the value of um, the inheritance with his brothers and sisters. Um, so I'll just read this, it's a lovely way to finish. God moves in a mysterious way, His wonders to perform. He plants His footsteps in the sea and He rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, He treasures up His bright designs and works His sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust Him for His grace. Behind a frowning providence, He hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast and unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan His work in vain. God is His own interpreter and He will make it plain. God moves in a mysterious way, His wonders to perform. He plants His footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today. If you have any questions or comments from today's talk, please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au. Also, we love to welcome new people at Exchange Church in person, so consider yourself invited to be with us.